0: welcome to the work can be different podcast i'm christy daniels your host listen in as we talk work and career and the strategies you need to unleash your purpose and create a new and more fulfilling experience in today's episode i speak with christine middleton she's the founder of the gokata group and a business strategist who partners with leaders to develop their brands create trusted connections and ignite growth. We talk about breaking through conditioning and past patterns, how to initiate change, and tuning in to what's most important to you in your life. Inner truth, self-care, resilience, and the spirit of Gokata the act of rising early to greet the dawn and see the sun rising. Here's our conversation. So welcome, Christine, to the Work Can Be Different podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit about your work as a growth and brand strategist and a business psychologist.
1: But uh, yeah, so for 25 25- last years, I've stopped counting. Um, I've been helping individuals, brands, and organizations uh, with their first impressions and reputations. Um, Everyone from associations of AARP, the First Lady's Office, all the way down to... um, you know, someone like myself who is an entrepreneur and really sees opportunities that they want to scale on to the national or international level. So helping individuals really get in touch with what's most important and then how to go out and build community with people to make mm-hmm. that
0: happen. And tell us a little about how you go about doing that and where you help people align to what's true and what they're really here to be doing in the world.
1: Well, I do that on two fronts. Um, so I have a background in marketing, business development, branding, um, have been a consultant for some of the top firms and, and through that have learned all the skills in business development, marketing, branding, digital, you name it. So the tactics that go into shaping per- perception. But what I learned through that, um, those years of doing that kind of skill development, was more on a leadership side. I went to get my master's with leadership at Georgetown, um, and it was a program focused on um, people are your greatest asset, which is a little bit of a different psychology, if you will, um, about how to run a business and how to really take some of these campaigns um, and not only you know, execute them in the external world but how do you make them part of the company culture in um, the customer service and this became really true with digital and social media more and more companies have to figure out how to um, become relevant and more customer service oriented than the direction companies had been steered um, all of that requires change. And it's focused on motivating people and inspiring people, which is why I also went ahead and got a coaching certification. So I'm ICF certified transformational leadership coach, which basically is connecting head and heart. Um, it was a great counterbalance to the more traditional master's degree out of a business school. Um, all of our transformation, all of our change, whether you're a CEO or an individual, starts on the inside and it reverberates from there. So when you say business psychologist, it's, yeah, I've worked in highly political environments um, and have a really natural ability to see what's unspoken and what people think they're, they're not communicating, um, but also dynamics between people. Um, that really um, prevents success.
0: Looking from your study of leadership, kind of the books or the theories and the the diving deep into what leadership is, how has that transformed for you working with clients? So you've got the um you know the strategies or the ideas behind what is a good leader how does that translate when it's you know working with individual clients you know is leadership a different thing for every person and how do you translate well I guess what I'm asking is how have you seen leadership transform from you know early on in your career to now and what does it take to be a great leader right now
1: you know, it's, it's really interesting. I don't know that I have a direct answer for your question, but here's where I've netted out. And that is leadership is actually a lifestyle to me. I don't believe it's a job or a title. And yet most of us treat it as if it's the top rung for a ladder that ladder doesn't exist and it's going away. And I'm, I'm one who climbed this ladder. I've made it to the C-suite and, um, And I've got a lot of bumps and bruises, like so many other people trying to find that ladder um, only to be disappointed. It's almost like when I was in high school and I got to the popular table finally, and it's like, oh, this is what it is. (laughs) Um, It's not one thing. And and the people at the table or in the the C-suite aren't one thing. Um, So you know, a leader needs to be a lot of different things. And I think another myth or a myth we have, um, at least in this country, is what power looks like, Um, powerful displays, which when you study um, historical leaders who are really true um, servants, if you will, that are wanting to counterbalance their own personal biases to do what's right, to stand up for what's wrong, it's selfless. But yet in a lot of our media and TV and and even in business schools, it's, um, and and I'm not against this because both of them have to exist, but it's definitely skewed towards power control, being loud, being in front of the camera, which, you know, part of my background is getting people in front of the camera, but that does not equal a good leader. Um, So a good leader has boundaries and can be compassionate. They can make hard decisions. And yet if that means showing people to the door can do it in a way that is helpful for them to find their next thing, it doesn't have to be as cold hearted um, as it has been. I know in my experience.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, talking about power, We really are in a place where we can redefine what power is. And as you had mentioned, you know, it's about control or, you know, we see power play out in history and in politics. It's, well, you have it now I want it. Or if you want power, you have to take it from somebody else. And that's a manipulation of power. I mean, the idea of it exists. And when you align with your own power, you can do anything. And when you do align, you give permission for everyone around you to align with their own power. So it's not a pizza pie where I'm going to take, you know, seven slices, you can have one, you know, the, the more that you can align with that internal power and redefine what it is, then you give everyone else that place to access it, as well.
1: I agree. Um, there's you mentioned, you know, scarcity, which is another myth. The State Department brings over. Over a hundred people, or before COVID, was bringing over a hundred young leaders from around the world to give them exposure to democracy, but also place them with um, nonprofit organizations to learn about leadership and develop their leadership skills. But also, when my my role, not only as mentor personally, but I was the teacher for communications and teaching them how to network while they're here and build build community. Um, I got schooled (laughs) and, and, and I loved it because what these young leaders were, were reflecting back is that we are a society in the U S of scarcity. And there is a bigger belief out there that when the seas rise, they rise for all of us. Um, and, and I love those moments where it's kind of check, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're right. And that scarcity, um, it even looks like in, in a conference room when you're all having a meeting, somebody comes in late and your instant belief is that they've done something wrong or, uh, you know, it's just these negative orientation that then you make decisions from, can we not believe the best in each other and go from there? Um, is really what these students were talking about. And then in terms of, which I think it builds on that concept, which you're also talking about is aligning with self. And to do that, uh, you need to know what your values are. And for a lot of my career, I was, I know for me personally, I was trying to just prove I was worth something, extending from my childhood, proving to my parents, um, just standing out and showing that I could be an adult. And I made a lot of great strides, but the piece that I was missing and led me astray on a couple decisions um, was what are my values and aligning to those. I tell myself stories like, oh, I'm going to learn something really important from this person, but I overlooked the fact that that person had unethical behavior. And I'd be caught up in that and I'd have to jump ship because of that, you know? So it's, it's really interesting that when we can decide, when I decided that my values um, were going to be my, and they can change which one's a priority, but when my values are what's going to guide me, it shifted everything. So I, I completely agree with you and you do give permission to those people around you to not be perfect, to speak up to um, stand in their strength and courage. Uh, we all have it, we all have it. We just haven't learned how to separate from the pack because we've, especially women are taught to fit in and don't cause waves.
0: Mm-hmm. Or in order to get ahead or you know progress, you have to be like a man.
1: <laughs> which doesn't work, no. <laughs> which doesn't work either.
0: So what would you say, I mean, well, especially in this year, you know, it's been such a year of drastic change and transformation. And for a lot of people, there's been tremendous loss, loss of loved ones, loss of job, businesses, just how we look at the world and what we do every day has completely shifted. What, what can we do to solidify our own foundations knowing that change and transformation or change and things are gonna be different today. It's just, it's the new normal. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, for me, I can only speak of what I, I've, I've both seen um, what executives do behind the scenes for themselves. And um, what I've tried to do in my career for as many highs as it's had working for yourself. Um, well, first I started off you know, working for CVS at the beginning of my career. And that was at a time when cable came in Um, so I was like, no, I want to go over here. And over here is kind of now 20 something years later, um, with a lot of uncertainty around consulting and working for yourself, there's feast or famine ups and downs. Um, and so what I realized was how much anxiety I carried in my body constantly, and while I may have learned not to think about the worry, it would show up in grinding my teeth at night or, um, you know, just it wasn't until I got a jog that I realized whew, this lowering of energy in my body, body that I could fully rest. Um, And through coaching, I learned a little bit more about trauma and how it sits in your body. And I connected those two dots and said, okay, this is what meditation and yoga, which I'm not good at either, but both of those are trying to achieve as well. So I think finding ways to just calm our nervous system and putting that as a first step. Um, I think I might've mentioned, you know, a self hug where you cross your arms starting at your shoulders and just rubbing down to your elbows and repeating shoulder to elbows. Um, It just, it's really good for your nervous system to kind of reorient and calm and get into stillness. So I think doing that, breathing to where you send breath to your toes and you fill your lungs and you send light to your head, whatever your your breathing is. But if you just did that for a two minutes, it creates time and space away from whatever's triggering us. Um, so I think that's a
0: starting point. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, as you mentioned, it creating that space from the external. So a lot of what or what's really important for us right now is to connect internally. So whether you're a meditator, or whether you do yoga, there are other ways to simply just breathe Mm -hmm. and connect within because there's so much coming at us externally
1: absolutely and i think um especially our minds i mean the mind is my current and has been my my focus is just fascinated by it and that when something happens bad news covid um just this uncertainty that we don't know what an end to our brain is in fight or flight mode. I'm, I'm, not saying anything new here, but that creates a heightened level of cortisol, which can be deadly over time. Um, just very negative impacts on our body. So it's important that we um, both do the things like meditation or breathing or just getting up and out of our chair. If we're at the computer all day, just to separate um, but also that we watch our thoughts that if we are constantly meditating on our to-do list, going over and just enduring and pushing through, we are not doing ourselves any favor. It doesn't matter if, you know, we can always renegotiate most deadlines. We cannot come back when our health has been hit, you know, with um, cholesterol, a heart attack, um, you name it, that cortisol has been linked to.
0: Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned trauma, so trauma can obviously be, you know, things we think about, you know, an accident or some sort of severe thing that happened to you. But the truth is, we've all experienced trauma, and it doesn't have to be that, you know, defining thing in our past. Share a little bit about what you've learned about trauma and how we can release it.
1: What I'm fascinated by is how trauma works. And um, it's, it, you're right. It doesn't have to be something so significant. My, my friend, um, even though this was sad that it happened, it was just a traffic, a, a fender bender, but her young child was in it and um, it was just traumatic feeling. She carried around that. She fortunately was okay as was her child, Um, but she carried that around in her body. And yet everyone around her just went on like it was a new day because she wasn't hurt. Um, but she was, and our bodies are, are like sponges. They absorb that trauma and it will go somewhere and it will come out somehow. We think we're good at stuffing things. We think we're good at hiding things, but our bodies are smarter than we are. And in fact, new research is showing our guts. Our gut health, our gut instinct, is way more intelligent than our thinking and logical brains, which is fascinating. So, where does it go? What does it do? I'm not the expert to get into all of that science, but I find it—I find it as um, validation that self-care is becoming more and more important. And and this time is traumatic. People are losing jobs. Um, it's fraction of the work. you've got more responsibility or people who have just been suddenly put on pause. What do you do with all this extra time? Um, there's really nothing much you can do, um, even if you're job searching. So there's an imbalance of expectations. oftentimes, even when you have a job, I know friends, their bosses are still pushing them at a normal day's pace, even though, the world has significantly changed. These are all little bits of traumatic intake um, that we have to deal with energetically.
0: Yeah. And it's the balance of healing, taking care of yourself, and knowing we're in this time of, you know, drastic uncertainty and change. However, there's also an opportunity to initiate change. Absolutely. Now,
1: this is where the entrepreneur in me comes out because I actually have been going through for the last two years, my own kind of quarantining and shifting and change and a lot of uncertainty. And I am still, it's a dot, dot, dot at the end of where I'm going to land next. So when, when COVID hit, I was like, hallelujah, some of the pressure is taken off, I can renegotiate everything. I get more time to write and get stuff out of my head, I get more time to t- tinker with my business, I get more time to have creative endeavors, because I think that is a huge part and we can come back around to mindset, which I think having an agile mindset is a critical skill that we can all develop, but just changing our perspective about and focusing on almost with a death grip on what is good, what is possible is the difference between suffering and thriving in these kind of times.
0: Yeah, it is. It's the perspective you take. Mm -hmm. And when you can hold different perspectives, you know, you can look at things from different angles or look at things from um, the point of view of different audiences, that just allows you to have the gravitas to make wiser decisions. How, in working with your clients, What are the ways that you counsel them? Like, say you have a client coming to you now who wants to initiate something brand new or take their business in a new direction or just do something, you know, very maverick. How would you counsel them? Or what are the important principles that you would make sure that they're aligned with?
1: Well, I have um, actually a client that kind of fits that description. And I'm trying to reflect real quick on um, what we have gone through. Um, What I'm really impressed with with the client is, I think this is part of the recipe, if you will, is a willingness to let go of what has been in the past. Without that, we wouldn't make progress. Um, and I think that's a, one of the hardest leadership lessons is n- not necessarily what you need to do next. It's what are you willing to let go of? And I think that holds true for all of us in this time. That's the renegotiation part. That's the, the weeding through the priorities and getting to our values. And is this for me anymore? Um, this is a time for regrouping, which my client is doing, reassessing stepping into their future selves. So we're going through some visualization of who is that future self? What does that look like? What assets do you have that you wish more people knew about? Or are there some creative ways we can kind of reposition some of this stuff in light of COVID so that you provide more value um, to their clients and to who they serve? All of that is the same kind of look in our own lives um, that leaders have to do. Entrepreneurs have to stay in this agile mindset and not get too tied to things to the point where uh, we're grasping for things not to change, but actually shift that and work so that there's even brighter future. There's ongoing learning too as a part of that.
0: Absolutely. There was a quote that you shared. Okay, here we go. So you had mentioned we get to a certain point in our lives where everything falls apart or it stops working. And you just get to that point where you've got to change the rules or recreate your own rules. Nobody teaches you what to do next. And everything you've learned so far, it's like it's not working anymore. What counsel do you give to clients when it comes to that point where it's like, all right, I've got to change or something has to shift here?
1: If a client is bringing that, um, they're ready to go. I mean, they've reached, as one person put it, their breaking point. A lot of times is trying to, to make changes when you're not ready and yet feeling like, and this is a nasty word, that you should. Um, I think just being aware of what you need now, being present, because you may feel like you should be in a different place, but that's not where you are. And that creates suffering. The should word. Anytime I hear a should word, it stands out like a red flag to me. Whether I say it or somebody else, it's like, let me rethink that. Should I do that? Why should I? Because it's usually somebody else's opinion or voice. So I think getting clear about, what you need, what do you need to take care of yourself? Right now for me, I need creative energy. I need to invest in getting to know that part of myself. Um, another client that I, that I was coaching recently, she's in her thirties and she's just had a tumultuous relationship with her boss. And um, we're looking, we, I attended with her an improv class Um, I said, if you'll do it, I'll do it. Um, It's always good to get in humor, especially women when you're in difficult situations to use humor. Um, And I also think it gives us levity to disassociate with a problem so that we can hold it, we can examine it from all the different angles and we can not take it in so personally um, in order to... Come up with some creative solutions.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've, yeah, I I ahead. love that the humor and the kind of pulling yourself out of either the rut or the pattern. And there's a teaching in the yogic tradition when you're too serious, you're actually consolidated. And when you can lighten up, laugh at yourself add some humor, you actually become more radiant. So your energetic bodies are, you know, alive and on fire, and that's going to attract opportunities to you.
1: so funny you say that a couple years ago, and everything's, you know, I lose track of time, everything's two weeks or two years, but it's probably been five years at least. And I had a fortune teller just for something for fun. And she said, you have zero aura color around. You. <laughs> I wanted to know what's my energy color. She said, zero, go play and go learn how to have fun. Because I think that's the mistake I was making exactly what you, so serious about getting ahead and so um, focused on getting through my to do and being everything. It's just, I, I didn't understand. Cause my heart is, I, I protect my heart to be open and good and to be a good person And yet people were seeing the wrong things about me. What's that about? And and I truly believe it's about what you you just articulated, your energy. Mm -hmm. People are attracted to when you cannot take yourself so serious and see them and have room to hear them in a way that takes time and space. That's where magic happens.
0: Absolutely. And share from your own experience the leaders you've worked with, worked alongside of, coached. how where have you seen their um, ability to lighten up or just to have that quality, and how has that helped really make them a better leader? Like are, are there any examples and you don't have to name names, but of just you know someone who's too in their head or too linear? versus someone who understands it's this energetic flow?
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone's different. And um, part of the difference that stands out to me is the generation that they're from, Um, probably um, way in the 70 and 80 year olds, there's more of a dogmatic authoritarian, kind of old school power control. Um, And yet, you know, on the side, they can be very light. And um, even to the point of being insecure, which is we all are. Um, But that dichotomy is very interesting to me. Um, I, I feel like my own generation generation x or my generation x i don't even know we're x i should know
0: (laughs) we're not boomers and we're not y we're
1: and i feel like i'm a millennial in spirit but um, i just relate to so much of the the philosophies at large but um we're kind of being held back because we're a small generation with the boomers being so big and with all the economic upturns, they're staying in their leadership roles and coming up behind us as uh, this millennial Gen Y um, that are just because of technology we didn't have are able to leapfrog and the systems around us are changing. So we're in a precarious kind of place. And I, 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 would say that there's a lot of good Gen X leaders ready to step in um, that haven't been able to give. Um, and I do think a lot of people in our our generation understand this head heart connection that previous generations do not, we were the Oprah generation. <laughs> -hmm. You can talk about your feelings. It's not a weakness. Um, And you can lead with compassion and boundaries. You can make tough decisions and it's okay. And you can do it with remembering there's a human on the other side. Um, And I'm excited about the generations to come because, you know, I don't know if it's the youthful the youthfulness of their will and determination, if it's the creativity that they've been able to to come up with using technology and really cool tools that are out there. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of problems um, that need to be solved that they are wanting to solve. And I think all of that um, requires um, humor, um, self-care, It also requires being strategic. I think if anything across the board, um, and this may not answer the question you asked, but I see a sticking point when people are in their career, getting to mid-level and then mid-level to senior, is that you have to, in the beginning of your career, become an expert. And then you gotta then drop the expertise and become a leader. And a leader is not an expert. A leader is a convener. A leader makes other people shine for their expertise. A leader is strategy, outward thinking. A leader has to drop themselves out of a lot of it. So um, that shift in thinking is really tough. And many of us encounter it. Like I've been doing this, I know it, I got it. And then you stand into where everyone has to turn to you. And it, it can be a messy transition <laughs> and learning that mm-hmm. experience.
0: Yeah. And sometimes when you're in that sort of crossroads, you know, I'm great at what I do. I'm excelling at it, but I want to go to the next step. And for some people, the leader, manager, people may not be the right path. Right. So you really have to check inward you know, I've worked with a lot of clients who are at that place and it's, um, I'm the subject matter expert. The next step I'd have to be more of a manager and more of a delegator. And, you know, it's, um, it can be done, but you have to check in with yourself. And is this the right move for me?
1: Right. And and knowing that, I mean, there's going to be people who, um, hold that against you that you won't take the next step up. There used to be, and I hope this is going away, the the bias that you're not as bought into the company. Some companies are built around whatever you can do. Um, There's a great um, consulting firm that I know of uh, locally here in the Northern Virginia area um, built for working mothers originally, but really for independent consultants um, at a certain level in their career, you may want to choose a different lifestyle for yourself. Let us know what that is. We'll plug you you in. And I really respect that because the way the world is going, where all the data tells us is that we are all moving by and large to be independent consultants. And it's the very thing that scared me. And the start of my career with TV, it, yeah, just to put myself out there in ways that are, are not necessarily always comfortable and um, make my own path, because I think this is where you started. Um, yeah, we have a narrative in our society that you're going to grow up, go to school, get a job, get married, have kids, get an animal, maybe in that order, <laughs> rise rise in the corporate And then go off into the sunset with your retirement. It doesn't work that way. And it it doesn't work that way. Because things are changing. But also, it doesn't work that way when you're sick. It doesn't work that way when you become a mom. It doesn't work that way when you are paid to think. Um, at, for your career and come up with stuff. It doesn't work that way if you just don't find the right partner. It doesn't work that way for a number of reasons. And even if it does work that way, as we're talking about going from you know, mid-career to upper career, at a certain point, people turn to you for answers. And if you're following someone else's formula and you're going to hit the day for one of these reasons where you're going to ask yourself is that wh- what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Is this really what I want for my life? And that's normal. And I don't think anybody gives us permission that that's a normal part of the human experience.
0: Mm-hmm. So powerful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So what are the top suggestions or pieces of advice you have for listeners in terms of how can you embrace change?
1: Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing <laughs> process. Um, there is no final destination, but I think relating to it in a way that we're taking care of ourselves, um, for one, I would say, give yourself permission for more care. I mean, when I've been through big losses, resting, resetting the pace of my day to go slow you know, everything else will fall into place. Um, we've got to close or slow down our nervous system and we've got to restore ourselves. and rest is really the only way to do that. Followed by, you know, eating in ways that we boost our energy levels at the same time and really self-care. Um, I think, you know, spending infusing in our time or spending time getting silly and creative whether that's an improv class, um, you know, watching movies that you know we may may not have just put it on our wish list and not see paint, cook, um, getting out in nature, doing yard bowling,
0: um, jumping it's yard play. bowling.
1: I don't know. You know, oh. bowling. You put the big pins. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you need
0: a, a bowling uh, kit before the you. Bowling
1: kit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: or um, get a ball and
1: right. I mean, make it up with humans. I don't know. If you Some small fun.
0: animals. <laughs> I love it.
1: Quarantining with a group, yeah. um, you know, jump in the leaves that fall here on the Eastern, Eastern shore. And so, um, you know, find things. The other day I got silly with my dog. I think I would have been put in a an insane asylum if anyone saw us running or me running around without a dog, but dogs give us animals, give us permission to be really silly. And, um, you know, I think Doris Kearns Goodwin just had a book that came out talking about leaders. And she mentioned how President Lincoln during the Civil War would go to the theater. He knew the importance of not only rest and reflection, but getting away from the norm. So in ways that we can just even around our house, I think is, is really important. The other thing, um, create room for silence turn off all stimulus, even for five minutes. It just has a profound impact, um, both on a sense of time and space that there's more of it. Um, I think that's, that's been a pretty profound shift. Cause if we're stimulated all the time, yeah, we're rushing from one thing to the next. There's no intermission. Mm-hmm. Um, And when I think about your question from a leadership point of view, kind of best practices um, that I see, keep your eyes on the horizon, not on the small stuff, head up, chin up, look out. There's going to be ups and downs in life. And um, we've got this, we can do this. We've been through other things that are harder. We can get through this. So, to be proactive about that, find one thing you're gonna learn from this experience so that you can feel like you've used this time wisely. Um, You've got perspective. I think that has been just everything I go through. I never have to look back because I've always said, okay, this is mine to grow. This is where I need to grow and move forward. And then last, I would say, um, be very careful about who you spend your time with. You know, you have champions around you, maybe do a list of who your champions are. And those people who just for some reason you have conflict with or they irritate you or they just always have like a million paper cuts with criticisms, start paying attention to what you share with those people. Mm hmm. I think we're, I I know I can be very sensitive when I'm out of energy and I'm feeling low. Um, Those naysayers just put the
0: icing on the cake and I don't want to live like that anymore. Yeah, that's so important. And what would you say to, to that point, how can we connect to the people who we do love and care about or who are our champions, you know, in this pandemic lockdown environment, what are some ways that we can just easily reconnect?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think we're all trying to figure that out. Um, and there are different levels, right? There's those in the bullseye who are intimate inner circle. There are those who are rings out. And, um, you know, Zoom or any of these video conferencing, we might be sick of them, but it's also nice to see somebody's face. Um, I've set up um, tea hours, happy hours. Um, I had a dance party with, (laughs) um, (laughs) with my nieces. Um, You know, those are different variations of, of whether they're in the inner circle or not, but I've used zoom in those ways um, to not feel so isolated calls. I mean, I send out cards, handwritten cards still. Um, how nice is it to get mail from someone, mm-hmm. especially in this time? And I'm fortunate to have an animal, a dog to, to go out and, and walk. Um, but I, I don't think life has to stop because of this. I think we get to reorient to this and say, maybe it's time to weed through who we invest in. I am a, I am a networker and I will invest and give and reach out. And I've given myself going back to that permission. I've given myself that I don't need to be the one to keep these relationships going. Maybe it needs to be more of a two way. um, And I need to only look for those people who reinvest and are reaching out to
0: me. So, Yeah, and that's a powerful way to set boundaries too. And you had mentioned in, we were talking earlier, the question of, is this mine? This is mine. And that's such a powerful way to draw boundaries in terms of you can be aware of what's happening or you can be invested in what someone else is going through, but you don't have to take it on to the point where it throws you off that's of your own center.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, if we if we can become familiar with who we are and what we need at any given moment and just have that level of awareness. We are not our thoughts because thoughts come and go. We're not our feelings. Those can be, even by ourselves, manipulated through our bodies. Um, We can change those. They are information, but they are not who we are. And even we may get to a place where we're over-identified with a role, whether it's work or motherhood or fatherhood or what have you. we are always more than that. And I think just setting the intention, and this is where leadership as a lifestyle comes back to me, um, is who are you when no one else is looking? Who is that person who's observing the thoughts? Who is that person who wants to protect their heart and stay and, and be good? that is the person to get to know. That is who you are, not what you do. And I think getting to know that person and building a life around them leads to purpose, leads to answers, leads to healing. It, it's probably the summary of all that's out there as far as I can see in terms of um, self-care and spirituality and everything else
0: um, that people talk about. Yeah powerful. Yeah. It's a great way to conclude. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for your time.
1: Yes, it's been a pleasure. It's always great to talk with you.
0: Thank you, Christine, for your insights and wisdom. To connect with Christine, visit Gokotta Group.com. That's G-O-K-O-T-T-A-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thank you for listening to the Work Can Be Different podcast.